Welcome to Greedwatch 2018. My name is Coriander Dickinson. This is a Common Writer O's recap podcast. I have with me Josh A. Kagan. Hello. And Adam Wasserman. Hi. We have recently watched uh, episode five, which is a game of tag, a lair, and a celebrity, or whatever your subtitles chose to translate that as. Mine was rich girl. Mine was game of tag, nest, and celebrity. Wow. A lot of variety going on there. I would like to upfront say that I made the mistake of only watching this episode without subtitles on. Oh. I, I saw it last year sometime with subtitles, and I was like, well, worst case scenario, I've already seen it once. So you flew so, too close to the sun. There's maybe a few gaps in my notes this time when there was a lot of talking going on. Thankfully, it's a very action-heavy show, but... Yeah. Yeah, I, I missed some stuff. It's a very setup-heavy show this week. Like, I kind of feel like it was all prologue to whatever the ass-kicking episode is going to be next week. I don't, I don't know if you two share that opinion. It felt like a lot of, it felt like a lot of pipe being laid. There's a lot of jumping. <laughs> That's true. There is an awesome motorcycle chase with jumping. We begin this episode where we left off with uh, Satanaka holding a display monitor of our president Kogami, who was still busy in his office making a cake, but he desperately needed to talk to A.G. and Ankh. May we refer to that TV as the Kogam MyPad? So it the rolls right off the t- No, it rolls no. right off the tongue, except when it didn't. All right, keep going. He reveals immediately that he knows who they are. And he's got a deal. Eventually. He wants, I guess, a percentage of what they make. But first he's given A.G. a sweet, sweet box of pop cans. And there's a new one. There is. And it's a grasshopper. That's well, also a communicator. And A.G.'s in love. What, that's what Sorry. that is. He's so he becomes extra dumb in this episode. <laughs> like for when he gets a new t- like he goes from being like I'm I am not a good man. I merely travel around the world doing good. But then he's like, "Ooh, robot grasshopper. Look at it, hop." Look, Unc. Look, Unc. Can you hear me? It's like a walkie-talkie. Yeah. It's a grasshopper that looks kind of like a lady's high-heeled shoe. I I'm glad one of you said grasshopper because for the length of the episode I was like is it a green hamster? Is it an insect? It doesn't look it doesn't particularly look like any creature. Why would you say hamster? I don't know. It just it just sort of because it scooted around in a more rodent way as opposed to hopping. Maybe mm, also because mm. it was just a cheap special effect and they could not make it do the things that a grasshopper does. I don't know. Here's something I just realized. So he's got the hot can. And his top is a hawk, and he's got the grasshopper can, and his legs are a grasshopper. And he's got the octopus can, which just doesn't doesn't make sense. That's true. I don't know what Mizul gifts he gets in the future. I don't think I got far enough into the series for him to get a blue coin. Spoilers. But um, I don't know that one of his abilities will be octopi. And I, I'm not sure I remember, and I don't want to spoil anything. So even if I did, I wouldn't say. But is there a cheetah can? Or some sort of elephant? I don't know. I just I just suddenly realized that like out of the three, two of them like match up, and I just thought it was interesting. And I agree with you. I'm yeah. just going to be disappointed if there yeah. are not further connections. It, it seems weird that they would do like two out of three. Yeah, these are all things that can be sold to children. So you best believe there's going to be a cheetah can down the. Kids love cats. 
Kids love little guys scurrying around. Kids love the color yellow. I just made that last part up. Mm. Yeah, there's probably going to be a little zizzing around cheetah cans or hamsters. <laughs> That's about it, right? They talk, to, they talk to Kagami on the iPad. He's making a cake. He gives them some cans. He's got an offer they can't refuse, except they do. And then we follow some radical youth zipping along. Yeah, they actually split that scene in like two, but yeah. They do. So we can get footage of a radical teen zipping along on their skateboard, looking mad cool in his head, possibly reenacting the opening credits of The Simpsons. Or Gleaming the Cube. Or Gleaming the Cube. Oh, there's a title I haven't heard in quite a long time. I've never heard it. That is a... You've... Go ahead, Adam. Well, you go, you, you, you... <laughs> We're both so excited. We're so excited to tell you about the so skateboarding angry. movie. Go for it, Adam. Gleaming the Cube is an 80s skateboard movie starring Christian Slater. Who, who gleams the cube on his skateboard and avenges his half-brother, stepbrother? I don't know, his Asian stepbrother. Yep. Anyway. Christian Slater and, was the invisible man? What? what? No. <laughs> no? Okay. Wait. Well, who was he? Christian Slater. You don't know who Christian Slater is? Tiny Jack Nicholson? He was in Heathers. I know what he Heathers. looks like. I do know what he looks Heathers, like. Heathers. He's on Mr. Robot. True Romance. Yeah. No. Wow. I haven't watched Mr. Robot yet, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, he, he, look, I mean, let's let's not. Bunch of bad rom-coms. A lot of bad rom Um cu- <laughs> Cuffs, where he's teamed up with a oh, dog. Yeah, Cuffs. Yeah. I got to I got to see that at a free screening when I was in high school. You should have asked your for your money back. No, I was good. I enjoyed it. That's okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed Listen, Cuffs. Listen, I, I had I had lower standards back then. <laughs> Oh, he's a voice in Ferngully. There we go. Yeah. I, I did not realize that Christian Slater had like skipped some sort of generational gap. Wow. I mean, also, he made a lot of things for a short period of time. And then I feel like he allegedly, because I do not want to be sued, he might have allegedly enjoyed some drugs and alcohol for a while. And maybe, yeah. and maybe taken a good old fashioned 90s and early 2000s break and just didn't do he's a broken arrow. The, uh, Hollow Man. That's what I was thinking of. He, he, yeah, that's, that's not that's not him. You're thinking of Kevin sure? Bacon in, in number two. Yeah. Wait, there was a second Hollow Man. Yes. Was it the Hollower Man? No. Was he in it? Yes. Can we call it the Kuga iPad? No. Okay, fine. Let's try that oh. one more time. Uh, so uh, this <laughs> is getting been, worse each time. This has been Cuffs Watch, your Christian Bale <laughs> recap podcast. Okay, so we meet a cool youth. In the in between these scenes of Kugami uh, trying to negotiate uh, with our heroes, a cool teen zips along and ends up at like the post-apocalyptic uh, peach pit, just sort of yes. like like a blown out old diner where the signs are in English for some reason, and uh, they sell a lot of alcohol. And they sell a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Not anymore. No, it's nothing now. Uh, and then uh, we see two other uh, very uh, very handsome youths. Uh, also very cool looking. Uh, and this uh, we saw them in the coming up next week part of last week's show. And I thought like, awesome, new characters. Maybe uh, maybe they are a boy band and maybe we'll hear some awesome jams and bops. No. So we've got a green leather greaser and some sort of childlikely innocent uh, raver <laughs> with a mesh shirt. <laughs> and, and skater bois. <laughs> yes. And... Uh... And, and the camera zooms in on them each very ominously for about a minute. 
And then it turns out they're the greed in human form. Yeah. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Um, which means there are now three dead people. There are three less human souls in Japan. Ooh, I don't know if they're just like, if it's just a thing they can do that disguise themselves or if they actually took over bodies. They didn't say. I. That's interesting. It, it makes sense to me that they would have killed a person and stolen their likeness. Totally. But I didn't think of it at the time. I was just like, okay, they can make themselves look like whatever they want. Cool. But yeah, no, that um, yeah. casts a pall over the over the amusing proceedings. How sad. And maybe Missoula is not there because she's yet to kill her schoolgirl child. Or even <laughs> even creepier, they say, uh, or is still playing with it. Yep. Which me, which which creeped me right the f out. And then we meet uh, we meet rich shopping girl. Hey everyone. If you uh, remember how for the last few weeks we learned that uh, big people be eaten, well, guess what? Women be shopping. <laughs> rich women. Rich women be shopping. Uh, yes. She is a rich girl and she has gone too far. But you know it don't matter anyway. She has so many bags to take up the elevator. So many bags. Uh, and she is being followed by Mzuru, uh, who is disguised as Gogo Yubari from Kill Bill minus the mace. <laughs> She's just a schoolgirl. She's go go Yubari. <laughs> let me have this. Let me. Let, well, it's let, accurate. Okay. It's very accurate. I mean, I mean fair. Face, it's, it's either that or she's one of like the the nasty girls from uh, Battle Royale. She is a creepy schoolgirl. So yeah, I'll, I'll get. I'll give it. The way they do the transition from the greed clubhouse to the woman getting out of the car for a moment kind of deceives you into thinking maybe this really fancy rich woman that has bought mm. a lot of things is Mizul. That's what I thought. No. Yeah. So Rich Shopping Girl is just like there with her bags waiting for a romantic comedy to happen to her or something. Like somebody runs into her and then they drop their bags and it's a meet cute. Uh, that doesn't happen. Nope. Instead, Mizuru <laughs> is basically like, hey, you like shopping, huh? Makes you feel good. Hides the sadness or like very <laughs> metaphysical very quickly and then puts a coin in her head, giving Rich Shopping Girl a brain cloud and poof, she is in her apartment. Not knowing well, how she first got she there. poops out a bunch of cell metals as she transforms. Oh, we don't <laughs> into her greed form. I didn't see that in my cut. They just they just fall to the ground, and I'm just like, she's shedding them. But to me, I'm like, is she is she pooping them? Maybe that maybe? that was that in yours, uh, Corey? Because in mine, it literally was just like a hard cut. She was in her apartment and was like, I don't know what happened. Well, back to being rich. It's not the woman that drops metals. It's Missoula when she's yeah. transforming. The metals yeah. fall to the actual floor uh, instead of just becoming part of her body like they're supposed to. If it was weird, it was if weird. It matched the others. She did yeah. her transformation off screen, and I guess it was just to indicate that there were metals involved. Yeah, yeah. In Rich Shopping Girl's apartment, there is a weird giant corner ceiling sack of yummy eggs, and it's mad gross. Well, there's also uh, like a shit ton of like stuff. She's basically like a rich hoarder. Yes, just to emphasize how greedy she is. I did mark down in my notes, weird corner eggs. Yes, I got weird eggs on ceiling. Yes, that she cannot see herself. No. No. And then shining twin Mizuru because she's like creepily framed in a door frame. Yeah, when uh, she first kind of popped up back in her apartment, I didn't know if she was, I didn't know where she was or if she was just back at another store. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, so insanely filled with stuff is this person's apartment. Uh, because apparently all they do is just shop and nothing else and feel haughty. Yes. Yep. 
we've got the intro, I guess, or a transition yeah. at this point yep. Uh, yep. with the reveal of how many medals O's has, which is significant for this arc. So I wrote them down. There's two red, one green, and four yellows. But the four yellows are, are two sets of the same one. So like two doubles, basically. Yeah, two cheetah and two tiger. Yeah. There you go. Write that down, home listener. You'll be quizzed at the end of these 50,000 fucking episodes or however many we're doing. So then we get the rest of the, the scene with uh, Kogami. And then we cut to a brief scene of rich girls showing that the eggs are getting bigger slowly. And Mizuru's like, yes, grow slowly, my my children. Ooh. The scene with Kogami does have a nice little highlight to end on where... Um, mm threateningly approaches Satanaka and then right. bullet spray from <laughs> motorcycle man with a gun. Yep. Good old heat vision in Jack. Our friend. Again, yes. again, shooting first and not even bothering to ask questions. Again, remembering that like there is no end game for shooting Ankh. Like somebody needs to make this very clear. I think actually I was thinking about it and Ankh's in like detective's body. So I think what would happen is like it would kill the body and Ankh would probably be fine. But that's still not like, that's not great. It's not a great plan. No, it's yeah, it's not a plan at all. It doesn't stop. The point of shooting at Ankh would be to kill Ankh, but instead you would just kill a nice young man who didn't ask for any of this when he got out of bed that morning. Ankh would be moderately inconvenienced. Yeah. And then he would just like zizz down to the morgue or whatever and just get like, <laughs> and just go and just go shopping like it was a salad bar or some shit. Ooh, that looks nice. Today. Or, or flat out just murders a dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he could just, he could just murder edgy. He could just, uh, he could true. Just, just kill him. And then he is a common writer. And I don't, I'm, Good. I'm glad he's not listening, quite frankly. I don't want to give Ankh any ideas. I would, I would pay good money to see Kamen Rider Ankh. <laughs> Top dollar. That's not beyond the realm of possibility, right? If he's wearing a no. helmet, you can't see his cool hair. Oh, that's true. You'd have to make that. His like, cool hair is like half of it. It's very important. Yeah. That's great hair. You know what their helmets look like when they try to do like cool designs in them? Like, no. No, I don't Sometimes. want to see cool hair on a helmet. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> the, I mean, the closest we have to cool hair on a helmet is X-Aid. Oh, that's true. And that works really well. Yeah, but context is important. True. Anyway, so then we cut to Hina going to college, being sad about her brother, flashing back a bunch. Meet up with her two her two fairly fairly well-dressed schoolmates who are like like really fashionable. Wait a minute. Before that, we get a cut to nighttime spooky music apartment with Fashion Lady, and she's just sitting there eating waffles. Yeah, no, I thought I, I thought I, I thought I said that. Yeah, and she was like looking just, at a catalog, and them eggs got bigger. Yeah, yeah perfect. Big eggs. Hina school. Yes. Hina school. Hina's friends make fun of her for missing yep. her brother. Well, they don't know her brother's sort of dead <laughs> and a monster, and he's got a case yeah. of monster arm. It's still. <laughs> Like I, I, Corey, if I knew you had a relative whose job was incredibly dangerous and took them away all the time, I wouldn't be like, "Hey, Corey, what's up? Miss your relative whose life is constantly in danger." <laughs> Sucker! Like it's just, it's an odd, it's an odd end to a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they just straight up say she has a brother complex. Yeah, <laughs> which is a very Japanese thing to say, at least at least in anime. 
I don't, I don't know what regular Japanese conversations are like. <laughs> Maybe they don't do these things. Perhaps they're not as wink complex. Anyway, uh, so in all of this, uh, Ina does some uh, some flashing back, some thinking. He used to be a good guy. Now he's a weirdo with a weird arm and cool hair. And in the middle of all these flashing back, who does she walk into but Rich Shopping Girl? Rich Shopping Girl drops her shawl. She's a mean, mean girl, and I don't like her. No. Uh, good news. Mm. I don't feel like it's going to work out great for her. No, it's true. I can't imagine. She makes fun of Hina. She's all like, oh, no, you can keep it because it's cheap, like you, basically, and yeah. whatever. It's sunny out, but Rich Shopping Girl is bringing mad shade. Ooh. Oh, oh, snap. Yeah, she's terrible. That's it with that scene. It's just yeah. to uh, it's just to remind us that every almost everyone uh, Hina knows is terrible. That's so true. Back in the land of protagonists, yes. uh, Ankh is researching Kokami, I guess, on his phone, on his cellular phone, while dipping into the old ice cream fund. <laughs> yep, which Eiji's a- like, well, I'm broke because you keep eating ice all the time. And I can't even buy new underpants. This is this is not okay. How much is an ice? Do do we figure like that is, or how many is he eating in order to bankrupt our hero? Well, okay. I mean, I think there's several factors here. A, I think like ice is probably more expensive than you would expect. I guess it's like a dollar. B, he's probably eating a lot of it. And C, I don't think Ag had very much money to start with. That's valid. These are all good points. Maybe he can go work at Couscousery. <laughs> maybe maybe i don't know well onks yummy senses tingle i guess yeah i don't like that phrase at all <laughs> i have it in my notes as well and it's it made me in shudder. this case it's his greed sense i think but yes then uh he he's like edgy transform now and he's like all right and mizu shows up and jumps out of the water and tells them some rude stuff about how they should leave her alone even though <laughs> she she's the one who them. jumped out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> you. Like, I'm just hanging out here. Leave me alone. She spends a lot of time laughing yep. and yeah. not really doing much. A lot of jumping and then a really big jump out of reach, like just out of reach. I don't know about about um, your translation, Josh, but mine, Ankh says that Mizuru um, has a humid aura. Yes. Which I thought was pretty great. Yes. She dank. Yeah, she's so dank. <laughs> okay. Corey, it's my dream to have you personally uh, do the subtitles for all of these series. <laughs> Working on it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> and then uh, Mizuru uh, goes away and Ankh's like, nope. later squares, I'm out. And uh, he doesn't tell Edgy anything. And then Edgy looks in the general direction that Ankh was looking in and decides... Oh, it was that building, that specific building was the building he was looking at. I guess I'll go to that building. Yeah. I wrote, AG has Ankh figured out. He's like, okay, I, I got, I know you're not going to tell me things. I'm just going to pay attention. Back to the clubhouse. Yes. Where Mizuru has Uva figured out because she's all like, you know, they're getting in my way and I'm going to make a lot of cells and I'll give you guys some. And also he's got one of your medals and he's like, I'm so mad. I'm going to go do something right now. It's real emo. It's very emo up in the post-apocalyptic peach pit. Yeah. Everybody's getting a lot of feels out of their system, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like mizuru has got like Uva and the, the gray guy pretty much wrapped around her finger at this point. 
Definitely. I feel like Kazari's a little smarter than that because he's busy wrapping other people around his finger. Such as, you know, enforcing that O's has all of Ubu's medals, probably. for example. Yeah. I certainly don't know where any of your medals are. Wink, wink. They need to do, like, some team-building exercises. I feel like they're not... (laughs) I feel like they need to do, like, some trust falls, some, like, light improv games. I I just Mm. don't... I don't feel they're coalescing as a unit. They're very fractious. I worry about the greed, even though uh, they're evil and they probably want to kill us all. But I want to see people achieve their best. Need to draw some pigs. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't. I'm it's not it's an icebreaker. You draw a pig, and then they, then then the way you draw it says things about you. What? Yeah. Pig, people are Look doing pig readings in your icebreakers. Uh, I one time, yeah. Was it at some sort of pig-related industry mixer? No. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> just that. It was just a regular job. We were doing training, and they. They did icebreakers, even though we all knew each other. It was weird. So the person that read your pig, were they an expert in pig reading by any chance? No, it was just like, there's a <laughs> list of like what different things about the pig mean. Like the length of its tail has something to do with like your sexual satisfaction or something. I don't know. It was weird. That's the only thing I remember. Sorry. I, I'm so uncomfortable. I also love the idea that <laughs> I love the idea that it goes without saying that somebody wrote down all of these rules and then they were approved oh, yeah. by like the uh, the International Psychology Association Porcine Division. Like and then and then this is it. And this is uh, this is very official. What did uh, what did your pig look like? It was uh, you know what I I have I still have it on my phone. I think I could check probably. Ch- Check out this week's show notes, everybody. We're going to see Adam's pig. I'll, I'll send it. I'll send it to Corey, and she can put it in the show notes if she wants. And then we can Thank have a you. we can have a discussion about that next week. Stay tuned. Oh boy. Anyway, fashion lady is busy trying more clothes. Hey y'all. Yes. Women be shopping. <laughs> yeah, she's just. That's all this scene is. It's just like, by the way, she's still greedy and shopping, yeah. and the sales lady is all all like happy to fawn over her. Which I'm like reading into it. I'm like, I've got a lot of why she likes shopping is having people like fawn over her less the stuff. The amount of time she spends reading magazines and the amount of magazine subscriptions she has apparently subscribed to mm. uh, lead me to believe she just likes clothes and not people. Hmm. Okay. Was there no internet shopping at this point? That was the weird part for me when she was like looking at a catalog and I was like, somebody's looking at a catalog in the 21st century? Like that it seems like she would just be avoiding the middle person altogether and just ordering stuff from wherever. I mean, it could be one of those things where the people making the show are old enough that they're not like familiar with the new paradigms. And it could also uh, be the internet kind of caught on more slowly in Japan too. So oh, that's right. Could be a combination. But look, she's just, here's the thing, you guys. She's just shopping and she loves it for whatever reason. It's true. It's just great. And Hina has managed to track her down. Yes. And... AG also has shown up at the same place due to the common rider law of conservation of main characters. <laughs> Ina and Iggy must always be within 30 feet of each other at all times. Any ancillary character will act as a attractive force to all other characters on the show. It's the opposite of a restraining order. It's like a constraining order. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Anyways, Hina wants to go in the building, and she's like, nope, there be monsters. And she's like, m monsters And then an attractive man shows up. And he grabs her, too, and he's like, no, don't go in there. And I'm like, whoa, getting a little handsy there, A.G. Yeah. You don't know her that well. You shouldn't be, like, grabbing her. That's valid. Impart this information without touch. Yeah. Respect boundaries, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Even you. Our, our superhero guy. But look, he he needs to get the point across. He does it in not necessarily right the right way, but the message is sent nonetheless that there is a mama monster in the building. Yes. And then there is a, a green greaser who does turn into a mama monster and she loses it. She totally does. She's seen a lot of weird shit, but apparently she does not expect regular people to turn into monsters in front of her. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. No. Yeah. Eiji goes to transform and defend her. But Uh Ankh has all the core metals, and he's not here. Aw, shit. He he gets beat around a bit. Well, he dodges all of Uva's attacks. Doing something Uh, that I I haven't usually seen uh, main characters do. Like, the actors that play main characters don't usually tumble. That's true. But this guy does some good somersaults. Yeah, Yeah, he's getting better week to week. It's as if he knows that once per half hour... He is going to be attacked by a monster and will not have the ability to transform. And and so this week he's like, I should like run and jump and tumble and get out of the way. He's definitely learned at this point that there's no point in fighting back as a human armed only with a few coins and some underpants. At some point he gets like tossed on his back and uh, one of his hot cans pops out and he's like, oh, I have a great idea. So he sends the hot can with the grasshopper can to go find Ankh and is like, come help me. Ankh is hanging around one of Kugami's other buildings, I guess. Kugami probably has a lot of buildings. Yeah. And he was like, this isn't the right one. Everything's stupid. I think I'll just go stand somewhere and look off into the middle distance attractively. (laughs) And that's when Canbird and Canhopper show up and say, help. So he fishes out a, a metal and like pops it in the nearest vending machine, makes a motorcycle. Yep. <laughs> and then Kogami shows up on a giant screen on the outside of his building. Like, hey, I got some, brother, I got some basically. questions. I got some questions, everybody. Yeah. Um. What? What? That's only one question twice. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's valid. Let you know what. Let me sum up. So is the idea that Kogami just has giant screens around town? To do one-way direct communicate, like this is a yes. very okay, yeah, all right. But yeah. what 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 happens to the other people who are just walking by who look up and are like, oh, what, who's that man talking to? Oh, it's not for me, I guess. I should just go on with my day. I assume the the, the screens on the other buildings don't activate at the same time. Oh no, but I mean, like, still. Oh yeah, no. law of average. What if it was just every screen in the city? <laughs> And Ankh basically just ignores him anyway, which is yes. great. But as he peels off, you can see in the corner, Kogami's basically doing like these these like rapid fire finger guns at him. Like, you go, man, do it. It's delicious. Is it possible that they just put that in later and the actor playing Ankh slash detective <laughs> had literally no idea that that was, up, that was happening up there? Because he doesn't interact uh. with it at all. I mean, I think it's just Ankh being like, I am ignoring you. Leave me alone, weird screen man. I I do not want to give you 70% of my medals. I'm just going to pretend you're not here and maybe you'll go away. Yep. I realize I'm using one of your motorcycles, whatever. I, but I guess everyone can just use them if they have those medals. 
right? Because it's just, yep. Exp- yeah. Yep. That's a little travel tip. The next time you find yourself in Japan, get you some medals. Yeah. You can motorcycle for free. Yeah. And get some bird cans and some cricket yep. cans and some octopus cans. Yeah. You can have a good time. You can find those vending machines anywhere, including Trash Alley. Yep. Where Eiji is still running away from Uva. And he's like, I could run away more effectively on a motorcycle. So he also turns a perfectly normal vending machine into a motorcycle and speeds off. And Uva like jumps in the air and Eiji's like, okay, I think I lost him. And Uva lands on a car and basically plays cluster truck to catch up with him. Yeah. And then turns out he can shoot lightning and has been able to this whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I just forget that I can shoot lightning. Like I'll just be going through my day and then I'm like, Man, I wish this line would move a little faster at the post office. Oh, right, I can shoot lightning, and then I kill everyone. <laughs> it's like, Ooh, normally yeah. I would punch things, but my target is very far away. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, maybe lightning's harder to do. Maybe it takes more energy, and you just, like, you save it for when you need it. That's true, and I guess all of them are kind of sucking wind when it comes to their core metals and stuff, so they probably yeah. can't bust. they probably can't bust that out all the time. And maybe, maybe it's like peeing. Maybe it's like you have to save it up. Like, you can't just pee on somebody whenever you want, necessarily. Talking a lot about bodily functions this episode, I'm really sorry. Did you draw your pig peeing? No, I did not. I was also thinking about the pig. I was like, did the pig (laughs) say anything about peeing on people? Oh, no. (laughs) It's not all about the pig, guys. It's Or is it? It's all. You can check out my new self-help book. It actually is all about the pig. A study. In poor science psychology. Um, hey, what do you, you think uh, Rich Girl's up to? Being terrible? Well, you're right. Probably. Hina intercepts her, and uh, Hina's got the shawl that was dropped in a bag to return. But Rich Girl's like, yeah, I get it. You want to see my cool apartment building where I live, but it's kind of a problem for me, so maybe don't. Oh, hold up. I've got a phone call. It's from my dad. He's in America. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> but it's actually from Karmic Justice. What? Bankruptcy? What? Get a yep. job? And uh, here's our word <laughs> for the day. these fingernails? Are you kidding me? Her fingernails are literally like two inches long. Adam, remember what word you knew in Japanese from German? Oh, yes. Baito. Yeah. So when she says she has to get a job. She pulls out Baito. There you go. See, you learned something from our other podcast. Hmm. I just learned something right now. I just love the idea that the father somehow, like this wasn't information that the father shared with Rich Shopping Girl (laughs) at any point. As if he went to America, went to Vegas, (laughs) and just let it ride. And then was like, oops, it's all gone. Sorry. Maybe he's just really indulgent and she bankrupted him with her constant shopping and he doesn't want to tell her. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I guess. Because she's so mean. Maybe he doesn't want her to be mean to him. Maybe he's just living there in threadbare clothing, and maybe he's like a <laughs> yeah. small book publisher. What? He can't keep the lights on or something like that. Oh, so sad. Publishing small press graphic novels. He rents a suit whenever he's in Japan visiting his daughter just so she'll be impressed with how much money he has. God. It's tragic. This is hard. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's immediately in black and white whenever he gets off the plane and you just hear faraway violin music. <clears throat> Poor guy. Are we to believe that Rich Shopping Girl is a celebrity or is the child of a celebrity? 
or someone here is a celebrity. I think she thinks she's a celebrity. I think that's what it is. Got it. Or it's just a wonky translation. Yes, could be. Uh, but she does say that it is a problem that people want to see her mansion. That was the subtitle uh, on mine. Oh, yeah. And I was like, in Japan, apartment buildings are often referred to as mansions. It's oh. just the term they use. Okay. I think any yeah. housing with large floor space is called a mansion. Yeah, or even like multi, just multi-unit dwellings or something. Sometimes they're like called maison, like maison ikoku. Um, it's just, yeah, they use really fancy words for very standard things. I mean, they also call apartments apartments. So it's probably like, yeah, you're probably right, Corey. It's probably like the bigger floor space. As opposed to a pato. We'll never know. We'll never know. From the outside, it just just looks like a high rise. Like it's not even, it's not particularly impressive. It's just a building as humans understand buildings. And I thought. I don't know. Maybe it's like a condo apartment thing. She's got like a large dining room and maybe like three bedrooms. It's so big and roomy. You can put a whole sack of monster eggs in the upper right hand corner and nobody's even going to see it. (laughs) That's the advantage. <laughs> fine. <laughs> They're doing the realtors doing the walkthrough. All right. As you can see, it's an open floor plan. Plenty of place to put shopping bags and things that you're never going to wear. Nice high ceilings for monster eggs. Oh, I like that. Um, it was one of three places that uh, Rich Shopping Girl looked at on uh, House Hunters. Very good lighting. No windows. Close to the college. Yeah. That's good. But my monster egg. Close, close to shopping. Yes. So you can just walk there and back with all your bags. Yep. Snow well, parking, so you will need, huh. yes, to hire a driver. Yeah. But she's walking back when she meets Hina, so I don't even know. Maybe she just Whatever. needed some cardio. Uh, I guess. She's only got like four bags with her. It's true. It's true. But then we find out that she's bankrupt, and then she walks away from this episode, uh, never to be seen yes. again in this half hour. That's <laughs> it. That, and that's a wrap on Rich Shopping Girl and Hina. We'll see you next week, ladies. Good work. Meanwhile, in car chase land, Uva jumps onto Eiji's motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then Eiji just throws him off. Yep. And then Ankh shows up because they're cycle buddies. Hooray. Yay. Eiji transforms. And Uva's just so salty about his metal. He just won't shut up about it. He tries He's to dig it out of Eiji's so belt. So mad. Yeah. It gets his little like, fingers He's in very there. focused. And is this where Ankh lets him know, hey, dummy, we don't have your stupid medal. Yes. You know who else has a medal of yours? Kazari. Because he took like, one for us. Yeah. What? Ugh. And he's, while he's, while, while he's overcome with angst about this, <laughs> as opposed to Ankh. Ankh <laughs> hey. oh. uh, tosses Eiji a cheetah medal and Eiji's like, oh, I don't feel great about this, but I'm going to do it. You know why he doesn't feel great? Because cheetahs never win. And winners never cheat. <laughs> are we are we having some sort of like terrible pun off? Is that what's happening? I don't want it to happen, it's, but it's happening. I'm not a dad, but I got dad jokes. Me too. Me too. Um, fight, fight, fight. Cheetah, cheetah, yep. cheetah. Kick, kick, kick. Punch, punch, punch. A very powerful kick that knocks Uva back like 20 yards and, and like, uh, knocks a bunch of his medals, medals out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, like, slurps him up. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, oh, now we have a full set. To be you. continued. <laughs> nothing, almost nothing happens in this episode. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> and it was a full minute longer than the other episodes. Uh, I And I can't, I feel like everything, all of the ground covered in this week's episode could have been done in like seven minutes. 
See, here's the problem is you got used to the pacing of the earlier episodes, which are trying to do a lot of stuff and that it really slows down after that. Is that, uh, is that the case? Okay. That's normal. That's uh, I, frankly, frankly, I, I think I would find the shows overwhelming if they kept up that pace. Corey, what do you think? Do you prefer a lot of stuff coming at you? I've seen some pretty like tight 13 episode anime that really mm. keep the pace maintained through the whole thing. But it, I don't really feel like we missed information on this one because like we learned that the greed turn human. We learned that Kogami's got a deal with or that he's working on with Ankh. Um, I'm sorry, Adam. Did, the two part so, villain thing. I'm sorry to interrupt. Adam, did you just kill somebody and drag them out of your apartment? There was, there was a terrible noise and dragging sound. No, I I'm, I apologize. I was I had my, my notes on my phone and I wanted to get out of my notes because I didn't need them anymore. And my phone is sort of half on my desk and half off. So it sort of lifted up and then fell back and then I moved it. And yeah didn't murder anybody and drag them out of my room for now perfectly reasonable explanation for everything you heard i'm sold uh sorry cory we'll, we'll get that i'm in post. trying to think i was i was trying to think through that whole time if we learned anything else <laughs> and i don't think we actually learned anything else oh wait i learned Other something than that uh mazul and kazari are messing with uva yeah and women be shopping and metals matter <laughs> yes metals matter remember that's my new hashtag my anti-bullying pro metals hashtag. Hey guys, <laughs> you matter. Metals matter. Be best. Metals matter. That's it. That's it. An episode happened. Uh huh. I don't have feelings about this one way or the other. It didn't particularly engage me. I learned a bunch of stuff, but I was less disgusted with Rich Shopping Girl than I was with shoving food in his face. Big guy. But you know those ceiling eggs are going to be gross, right? Oh, so gross. Oh yeah. Gross ceiling eggs. Mm. Like you got a lady with an orca head planting eggs in your ceiling, like, <laughs> yeah. and a jellyfish cape. Her cape is really on point. Oh yeah, it is very nice. All right, well, that's it. We did it. Yeah, thank you. Hurrah! I'm Coriander Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Absalar. Josh A. Kagan. You can find me at Josh A. Kagan on Instagram. Uh, I'm Adam Wasserman. You can find me on Twitter at Gold Sarcasmium. Stay ghosty. Wrong podcast. <laughs> Stay greedy. Stay ozy. Oh, wait. I want to try it one more time. Kugam iPad. See? That was a good bit. Bye, everyone.